Howdy, and welcome back to the Top Fermented Podcast. Uh, the date is February 5th. It is a Tuesday evening, and I am finally getting back to recording the podcast. It's been a, a harried end of the year. I think you'll notice that the last podcast was actually in the end of December. And um, I went through a little bit of a uh, sickness there for a while where I didn't have my voice, so it seemed like an odd time to do a podcast. And then the beginning of the year has been... Uh, pretty much of a roller coaster with the brewery, so it's just been uh, now when I get back to you guys. But I'm happy to be back on the podcasting trail. I have uh, something I'm going to be trying to doing in the next week uh, that may or may not work, so I won't talk too much about it. But you know, you'll probably get a couple more podcasts from me uh, uh, pretty soon down the road here. Uh, but anyway, in this one, we are going to be covering cans versus bottles. So this is something that comes up a lot in the craft beer industry and uh and because cans are becoming much more popular and in fact it's uh, it's such an an interesting topic of debate that there's actually going to be a cans versus bottles showdown at the craft brewers conference in March which I am eagerly waiting to attend or have somebody attend for me um in which people will be debating the merits of cans versus bottles uh primarily uh, one person who works for a uh, place that does canning or uh, builds cans, and one person who uh, works for a place that does bottling or bottles. So uh, I think that'll be a really interesting debate. But for you at home, um, we'll start this way. Uh, Cans versus bottles is actually a really interesting thing in the craft beer industry. Cans are becoming very, very popular. You're starting to see a lot more craft beer in cans. And, you know, typically over over the past few, I don't know, decades or more, uh, you know, the past 80 years or so, 100 years, uh, you've gotten most of the most of the beer in cans that you see are sort of the mass market lagers. It, it's been a really popular means of canning uh, or you know getting a lot of product into um, into packaging and getting it out in the market. Uh, but because of that, cans are largely seen as sort of the the purview of cheap beer. Uh, you know, where bottles tend to have uh, this idea that they're they're more expensive or more valuable. And the fact that that craft is starting to come in cans. I think is sort of um, a little mind-bending, which I think might be part of the reason that it's it's becoming more popular because uh, it's so much against custom and what what against what people are used to, uh, and I think that craft is sort of taking advantage of that um, that mind fuck in a little bit of a way. So, um, uh, oh yeah, did I mention that this is not uh, you know at least a PG thirteen podcast? I think I probably said that somewhere, but uh, there it is. Um, anyway. Um, so there's a lot of people that are really great, you know, really for cans and, and uh, a lot of people that are really against them. And I'm actually one of those that is not really crazy about cans, but uh, I'll get to that a little bit later. First, I want to talk to you, uh, you know, sort of an intro into the debate and um, to to best talk about, you know, which one is better per se. Uh, let's talk about how they're filled, because that, that has a lot to do with where the debate comes from. So cans uh, and bottles are actually filled in very, very similar manner. Uh, there are all manners of canning lines and bottling lines, and they go from everywhere, you know, from being able to fill one or two bottles or cans at a time up to filling hundreds per minute, uh, you know, in these very automated systems. Uh, if you actually hop onto YouTube and search for bottling lines or canning lines, you can get a lot of really good videos of both of them at work and in a lot of different sizes. You typically can't find a lot of videos of very, very small ones at work, uh, mainly, I think, because the people who own very, very small bottling lines or canning lines don't feel like it's very glorious. And they kind of feel like it's a pain in the ass because it is. It's a very manual labor. Uh, whereas you can find a lot of good videos of really high-tech 
uh, especially bottling lines at work, you know, things, uh, especially in Bud and Miller plants that are moving thousands and thousands and thousands of bottles. And they're these really monumental pieces of engineering um, that are really, really fun to watch. And there's a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but there's at least a handful of videos of craft canning lines. So it might be a really interesting place to go look uh, for follow-up information there as well. But let me describe it to you as best as I can, uh, because it might give you an idea of, of how things go. So they're they're both really done in the in the same kind of way. You've got uh, a package loaded into one side of a of a packaging machine, uh, and they go through the line in which they actually get sanitized uh, and rinsed really quickly. Uh, usually, it's a it's a really quick sanitizing solution that's sprayed inside the package, and then the package is actually um, um, purged with CO2, so that there's a um, a dipstick that goes inside the package and purges from the bottom up with CO2. So CO2 is heavier than oxygen, and so the idea is that you push CO2 into the bottom of the package, and that pushes all of the oxygen out the top. So thus you have a package filled with CO2. Um, The dipstick is withdrawn, it moves along the line, and then the package is quickly filled with beer. Um, The beer goes in super, super cold, and it's already carbonated, uh, at least in 99% of the cases. So it's already carbonated, and then it uh, it gets a little tiny stream of water that's jetted into it, uh, and it should be, you know, sterile water, clean water, Um, and uh, that makes it foam. And the reason that you want it to foam is because uh, that has the, the... uh, property of actually pushing out any other oxygen that might be in there and causing the foam to go over the sides of the package. And then you um, you cap on foam or you put the lid of the can on the foam, thus stopping there from being anything in the package except for CO2 and beer. So then uh, with bottles, they're crimped and, you know, got, gone through labeling. Uh, normally with cans, the, the top falls in and is crimped and spun on, so it looks like sort of screwed on. Um, of course, cans already have their own labeling printed on them, uh, and bottles uh, normally need to have a label affixed to them, and then they go down to the end of the line, and somebody puts them in a package, and it moves along. And both are very, very similar. Uh, the only thing that really changes between them is uh, uh, the type of package and... Um, Really, the, the the machines change per size more than anything. Um, you know, uh, the larger um, larger bottling lines and larger canning lines have chambers that you know really allow uh, or disallow oxygen to get to the package at all. So once the um, once the package is purged, they'll actually enter uh, like a nitrogen chamber, and so there's absolutely no oxygen that can get into that package at all. So it's actually something that's really prevented along the line. Um, so when a lot of people talk about the pros of cans over bottles, one of the things that they talk about is, uh, well, let's, let's do it this way. Uh, let's go bottles and cans and then bottles and cans. So, uh, the detriments of bottles that people really like to talk about are uh, a couple of things that are, that are really stand out. So one of them is that caps are generally porous. Um, you'll notice on the bottom of a bottle cap, there's generally some, uh, plastic liner on the inside. And a lot of those are talk about, you know, being, having an oxygen barrier or something like that. Uh, but the fact is, is that they're porous. No matter what you do, no matter how tight that seal is, um, there's uh, some amount of oxygen that will actually pass through that cap. So over time, your package will be oxygenated, uh, albeit, you know, even slightly, and that will increase the aging rate of the beer. So the the beer will age faster because of that porous cap. Um, more so with corks, by the way. So if you have a cork and cage bottle, there's a lot more oxygen ingress through that cork, even a wet cork. Um, and that allows 
that beer to oxygenate and age. Uh, so it's, you know, tech, Typically, in the brewing industry, you want to try to reduce the amount of oxygen that gets to your final project, uh, product as much as possible because you want your beer to be as fresh as possible, and that means as low oxygen content as possible because oxygen, uh, of course, oxidizes it and thus ages it and removes freshness. So the other thing that bottles have going against them is that they allow light through them. So you'll, t- um, you know, a lot of... <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of packaging that is... Um, that's actually uh, clear bottles, which of course are really terrible for beer, uh, because one of the most common off flavors that you get in beer is actually uh, considered light struck or skunking. Uh, and no matter what anybody says, the only thing that causes skunking is light. Uh, it's not age. It's not anything else. It's not you know warming and cooling or anything. It is light. Light is the only thing that will skunk a beer, and that is true for any color bottle. So uh, it's a it's a wavelength of UV light, <coughs> excuse me, and brown glass will stop that to a point. It actually slows down uh, or it stops most of the UV wavelength that gets into the beer, but a small amount will get in there no matter what. So the longer a bottle is in light, the longer it has to skunk. So even a brown bottle can skunk over time. It'll take a much, much longer time, but no matter what, there's light going through the glass and it will skunk the beer. Um, most typical with really, really light beers really, really dark beers, I've never had a skunked stout, say, because you don't have uh, wavelengths actually passing through the beer. Uh, But very, very light beers, even in brown bottles, will skunk eventually. So the detriments to the cans uh, is that aluminum is a really, really terrible insulator, and so it allows for temperature changes very quickly in the can, uh, which also has the, the... um, you know, even though liquid is a really good insulator, aluminum is a terrible insulator, and so uh, you can go through a lot of temperature changes, which also allows the beer to age prematurely. So it's just as oxygen is very bad for beer, so it's very, you know, really widely fluctuating temperatures. Um, and cans, uh, aluminum is a really, really poor insulator. In fact, is used in a lot of ways to draw heat away uh, from things, and so it's actually very, very good at, at heat change. Uh, you know, you'll notice that if you have uh, aluminum foil in the oven and you pull it out of the oven. Uh, using you know uh, an oven mitt or something like that, and put it on the on your stovetop, you can probably pick that up eight to ten seconds later, and it's cool to the touch because heat passes through aluminum so very quickly. So aluminum cans are just uh, absolutely terrible for heat conductivity, uh, or actually they're wonderful for heat heat conductivity. They're really terrible insulators. The other thing that people uh, I think who are who are big can proponents that don't really talk about very much in cans is that. Um, Cans are, are plastic lined. So, you know, the a lot of people will say something like, oh, you know, this tastes like it's out of a can. It tastes metallic. Uh, and it's just not true. There's no part of the can that has metal that's actually touching the beer. Uh, beer is very acidic. It's not really uh, good to touch metal because in most cases it'll corrode it. Um, but uh, with uh, cans are plastic lined. And so uh, the other thing that you're getting there is BPA. There's, you know, a lot of health scares out and about in the industry about BPA. And you see a lot of people not using BPA for baby bottles or drinking bottles or anything like that. Um, but for some reason, it seems to be okay to put your beer in it. Uh, even though, again, you have a very, very acidic um, liquid that's going in against this BPA. Uh, and nobody really talks about the fact that there's there are trace amounts of BPA in every canned beer. Uh, at least according to a couple of studies that I've seen. So on the other side, the upside to bottles is uh, that um, bottles have a porous cap, just like we talked about in the detriments. And so the reason I, I list this under the upside of bottles is because I think that one of the things that people tend to use 
um, packaging for is aging their beer. Uh, and one of the things that's really important for age is oxidization. One of the you know things that you get in uh, when you're aging beer and getting these flavors that you're really looking for, these really big sherry notes or uh, those leather notes when you're aging a stout or something like that, is oxygen. Um, I haven't had anything in a can that's been aged over time, so I don't know what the difference is, and I certainly have no good way of doing a... Um, a side-by-side comparison of a bottle aging versus a can aging, but my guess is that you're going to want that little bit of oxygen egress in order to in order to age your beer. Uh, and I don't think that if you're responsibly keeping your beer, that oxygen egress will make any difference in the age of your beer uh, in a bottle versus a can. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, just drink it fresh. And if you're going to sit on it for a long time, make sure it's a beer that's worth aging. And if it's worth aging, you probably want that oxygen. So uh, in my mind, the porous cap is just a, just as much of a benefit as it is a detriment. Uh, the other thing is that you know, glass is a good insulator. Uh, it can keep temperature fairly well. Of course, you know, if you put a bottle in a warm environment, it will warm up fairly quickly. I'm not saying that it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to keep it cold for days or anything like that, uh, but it won't go through flash temperature changes the way a can will. Uh, it is actually acts as a fairly good insulator. So the upside to cans, on the other hand, is that there's absolutely no way for oxygen to egress. Uh, you know, at least in theory, I don't know what it actually looks like across the seam on the, on the can top, but my guess is that, uh, you know, people who are talking about it are probably fairly accurate in that there's absolutely no oxygen ingress into the can. Uh, and of course, there's absolutely no light. So once the can, once the beer is in the package, there's absolutely no way that that beer can get oxygenated or light struck whatsoever. Uh, in fact, you want a really fun experiment, have a Heineken in a can next to a Heineken in the bottle, and I promise you that they will be two amazingly different beers. Um, because that bottle is light struck and that can cannot be unless they unless they light struck it before they put it in the can um, so when it really comes down to it the the main differences between the two you know aside from these these little things uh, about how well they age uh, or you know what happens to them in the package, the main differences really come in in how they 're packaged and uh, in my mind right now there 's no really big clear winner between cans and bottles, and the reason I say that is because uh, canning technology and uh, putting drinks into cans in small breweries where people are most excited about cans because cans are, seem to be cheaper alternatives to bottling, at least on a per-package basis, uh, small canning lines have no way of preventing oxygen from actually getting into the can. So um, you have an open environment in which you can actually get, um, you know, once the cans are purged with CO2, there's still plenty of opportunity to oxygenate the can before the lid goes on. And there's plenty of opportunity for anything that's floating around in the air to drop in there, unless you're dropping a really huge amount of money on a canning line. So uh, most small canning lines are just as terrible as most small bottling lines. Thus, I don't see a really good benefit to having a small canning line versus a small bottling line. Um, that probably changes a lot once you get up to really, really big systems and, and really, really uh, big operations. Um, but at that point, I think that your beer is being taken care of in such a way that you probably don't have to worry that much about the oxygenation on the bottling line anyway, or the canning line for that matter, um, because the beer going in there is probably going to be fairly well processed. So in my mind, uh, it really comes down to aesthetics between bottles and cans, uh, and, and really a matter of preference. Um, and for me, bottles win that absolutely every time. 
Um, there are some really cool can designs out there, and particularly I really enjoy 21st Amendments. Uh, there's some that you know I'm not a big fan of uh, over others, but 21st Amendment has some really really fantastic cans. That said, nothing will ever beat bottles to me, uh, and I think for most humans at this point, uh, the uh, the problem in this is that bottles have sort of this like you know 3,000 year or 2,000 year probably less than that. Uh, let's call it, uh, yeah, a, a thousand year a head start on um, on cans in terms of aesthetics. People have been putting beverages in glass for a really, 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 really long time. In fact, the reason that we have, that's yeah, probably much less than a thousand years, isn't it? Uh, people who are listening to me who are history buffs are being like, no, dude, it's like 400. So fine. Um, the reason that we have really clear beer now uh you know, has a lot to do probably with the fact that beer looks really beautiful in a bottle. Once you had, you know, glass bottles and glass, uh, you know, steins and stuff like that, people could see what their beer looked like and they didn't want to drink it chunky anymore. So they started, you know, started clearing it up. Um, it, beer looks gross when it's chunky sometimes. Uh, it tastes, might taste great, but, you know, it looks beautiful when it's crystal clear. So that's not why I think that bottles are necessarily better, but... Uh, I'm saying that humans have uh, an, an aesthetic preference towards bottles in most cases. Uh, to me, I don't think that, let's say I go to a nice restaurant and I want to order uh, my own Saison, uh, I would much rather see it come in a cork and cage bottle in a really elegant presentation. I don't think I'll, I'll go into a restaurant in anytime soon and ask for like, hey, you know, I'd really like that Belgian triple that you have and have them come out and crack a can and pour it into a glass for me. Uh, it might happen in the kitchen. But I just don't think that cans right now are, are elegant enough to um, to stand up to a high-class presentation right now. And I think that uh, beer's future, it lies in that, uh, that upper-class presentation. It lies in the fact that uh, we're a luxury product and, uh, and one that people can enjoy for uh, a small amount of money. Uh, so it's, it's an affordable luxury, and but luxuries still need to look really nice. Uh, and no matter what, uh, bottles just look a lot more elegant than cans do. So um, so there's the can versus bottle debate. I'd love to hear uh, in comments what people have to say on their end. Uh, I know a lot of people just think cans are better because, uh, but I'm not sure that the evidence is really conclusive. Uh, uh, I'd love to hear more evidence if it's out there, especially if anybody has some good aging experiments or anything like that. And certainly, uh, I will comment if I get a chance to go to the craft brewers conference panel, uh, that is cans versus bottles, because I'm really interested to hear the output there. Um, until then it's been great talking to you guys again, and hopefully, uh, you'll get a lot more from me in the near future. I'm, I'm back on the podcasting wagon and I hope that you can stay with me and, uh, and listen along. So, uh, until then have a, uh, have a great February.